This is a Podcast 225 production. Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Doing more than one show in a week is beginning to become a habit. It's one I don't mind. Hopefully you guys are doing well. As we sit to deliver this podcast to you, it's fresh off of a weekend that saw a lot of news made, specifically in Baton Rouge and, of course, in other places as well, all really of the sports variety. On Saturday night, the LSU Tigers played the Auburn Tigers in a game that was, well, pathetic. And the end of the game was two parts elation, ten parts frustration, and that led to what we saw on Sunday, which is yesterday as I sit in the studio here and speak to you. It led to the firing of longtime LSU football coach Les Miles, who had an overall record of 114 wins and 34 losses. The man overall, including his record at Oklahoma State, is an astonishing 142 and 55. Unbelievable. He had a 770 win percentage here in Baton Rouge, but the last couple of years have not been great for Coach Miles. I think most people who have met him will agree that he is a fantastic person. He loves his players. I think he loved Baton Rouge. He loved this community. You think about where Les Miles' time in Louisiana started. It was back in 2005, just after Katrina is when the season started. He got here the summer before, and who knew as his season started that he'd be dealing with what was at the time, and I, and I guess still to this day is the worst natural disaster in the history of this nation. And in his final season at LSU, it begins with really the worst natural disaster in the history of Louisiana with all of the floodwaters here in Baton Rouge. And this follows a tumultuous summer that saw all of the unrest in the aftermath of what happened with Alton Sterling and then these police officers here. I mean, this year has just, it's been something. It's been, it's been something. I don't know what lies ahead for the rest of 2016, but here's hoping 2017 is a heck of a lot better, you know? And so back to Les Miles, this started to unfold yesterday. And I think, I think we can all agree that we're not really surprised. If it's possible to be both shocked and not surprised at something, this is it. Like shocked that it happened yesterday but not surprised that it happened because you expected it. In fact, I think some people would probably say if this happened after the Wisconsin game, some people might have gone, yeah, it was time. It just never seemed to be a good year. So I want to get perspective on all of this. And Matt Moscona, who hosts Afternoon Drive on ESPN 104.5 here in Baton Rouge. And in New Orleans, he's simulcasted. He's on both in Baton Rouge and New Orleans. 
hosting his show titled After Further Review. He's on the show today to talk about what this whole thing means. Uh, We speak as he's on his way back from Houston. And I'll tell you, it's something. I did say yesterday on social media that, you know, people are, I think they're ready for the next chapter in LSU sports, which I can understand. I think some of the celebrating has been a little over the top. I think you can be, and this is just my opinion, I think you can be relieved that there is the possibility of something better. And I do underscore and place in bold bold font possibility of something better. But I mean, hating Les Miles, I think, is over the top. I mean, again, it wasn't as good as I think all of us would like it to be. But the man's overall record, including this year, is 114 and 34. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So uh, let's get full perspective on this with Matt Moscona. Don't forget, you can hit the subscribe button to listen to the show. You can follow me on Twitter at ClayYoungBR and on Facebook. Just search me out, Clay Young there. Back with Matt Moscona, host of After Further Review, heard in both Baton Rouge and New Orleans. He'll talk about the firing of Les Miles, and that happens next. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. Back with Matt Moscona, host of After Further Review here on ESPN and Baton Rouge. Uh, you guys are familiar with him. You heard him on uh, the show a few weeks back. You know my opinion of him and the job that he does. And Matt, I think that I think you can agree that uh, 2016 is a year that I really can't wait to see get the hell out of here. You know, <laughs> um, for for a lot of reasons. For a lot yes. of reasons. Uh, yeah. For, for 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 the reason you're calling today, I think. In the minds of many LSU fans, this is maybe a, a cause for celebration. Not, not because a man lost his job, but because I think there's a galvanizing feeling that that there's a chance LSU can compete again. Because under Les Miles, they, they were not going to compete for a title again as long as he was that coach. Uh, you know, I, that is such an interesting point, and I'd like to first. I want to come back to that, but let's first take people through the circumstances that led to what we're dealing with right now from the off season to the beginning of the season to yesterday, as we sit and record this, when this news was made public, what's the timeline, Matt? Well, Clay, I mean, November was a very real threat. I mean, the people in place that wanted to remove less miles that got, that got vetoed by F King Alexander those people didn't fall in love with Les Miles because they won the Texas Bowl, and they certainly 
weren't enamored with him after the Wisconsin game. So, man, I had a conversation with someone I trust the Friday before the the team left for Auburn and said, look, Les, Les just doesn't have any support anymore. And I'm not talking about fans, Clay. I'm talking about about people with, with stroke, people with influence, administrators, boosters, board members. There just wasn't anybody left in his corner. There was nobody left that felt that he was going to be able to turn it around. So it, it wasn't a question of, of if, it was just a question of when. And I've been asked the question a lot, Clay, as if, you know, if, if that one, if they had more than one second, would Les still be the coach? Well, maybe today, but the next time they faced adversity, it, it, it was going to happen. It, it was just, it was done. It was just a matter of when, and, and this, this was just the right time to do it. It's so interesting to watch this thing play out and the way that the team performed on the field. I was watching the game Saturday, disgusted by the offensive performance, and and then in the last minute, man, you just kind of felt this thing unfolding in front of you. And as I'm watching the clock run out and the bungling with the offensive plays and then the fact that the team wasn't at the line of scrimmage with a second to go, that they weren't ready when the referee gave his signal, even though he said the clock will start on my signal. It's frustrating. Having said that, though, the man was 114 and 34, Matt, a 770 win percentage. And I know that it hadn't always been like we liked it. And I know that in, in college football, in the SEC, it's about competing for national championships. But isn't there a small part of you that may be thinking, I hope we hit a home run with the next hire. Well, of course. I, I mean, of of course, you want LSU to, to hit a home run with the next hire. But the fact of the matter is, Clay, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. The status quo was not going to win at LSU anymore. You talked about Les's record, which is sparkling, and it certainly qualifies him among the greatest in the history of the Southeastern Conference. And we all know the numbers. 114 wins, two SEC titles, national title, all that stuff. Right. And, and, and it's fantastic. But the other part of that is that's undeniable is that since 2012, this program has gradually stair-stepped down into now five of their last nine football games. And that's a trend, Clay, that will continue. This offense was broken. You have a head coach that refused to adapt. It was evident, and it wasn't going to change. And they, they could have continued to employ Les Miles and lean on, on his record, and they would have continued this backslide. They would have continued being passed in the league by the likes of Ole Miss and potentially Georgia and Texas A&M and Arkansas. And... And the hole would have been dug even deeper for them to have to get out of. At this point now, at least they move in, in a, a different direction. I don't know if it'll be the right direction, Clay, but whatever direction it is, at least it has a better chance of, of competing for SEC and national titles than they do with less miles or did with less miles. There are people who are saying that this is an overreaction. I saw what you tweeted this morning about Mike Greenberg at ESPN and the New York Times uh, has a title to a story about this. LSU fires Les Miles after failure most programs would love to experience. Lots of people around the country are saying that fans here in Baton Rouge are unreasonable. What's your response? 
I think fans around the country don't matter. <laughs> I think the only thing that matters for the people that are making that decision are the expectations set at LSU and what what their expectations are and what the fans' expectations are. And that's that's with the resources that they've invested, Clay, understanding you've got a 102,000-seat stadium, you've got a sparkling football facility that's about to be expanded, you just built a new weight room, you've got a nutrition center coming. For the investment that LSU has made in the program, the expectation should be higher than five and three in the SEC consistently. And yes, a lot of places would, would like to have the failure that LSU has had, but a lot of places have never had the success that LSU's had and tasted that. And and I'll say it again, LSU, as long as Les Miles was the coach was not getting back there. So they could have continued along with their eight win seasons, but it wasn't going to be good enough. Clay, they had 75,000 people at the Mississippi state game. The home SEC opener, you had 25,000 empties. Yeah. This fan base had lost interest. Yep. And maybe the greatest condemnation, listening to the post-game show after Auburn, that's Auburn. That's a great rivalry. It was a, a, you know, a, a finish that was a bit controversial. Typically in a post-game show, you'd hear vitriol. You'd hear anger. You know what you heard? Apathy. You, you heard, well, this is just what you get with less miles. And Fans had gotten to the point where they just accepted this was how it's going to be, and it wasn't going to change until they got somebody different. And now they'll get somebody different. When people talk about his unwillingness to change his style, explain what that means. You're pretty close to what happens there. You know a lot of the the quote-unquote players involved. And I've, I've heard some things about that too, the fact that he was totally unwilling to just modernize his offensive style. Could you elaborate on that? Well, you don't need to be a, a football savant to understand, Clay. Just look at look with your eyes and see what you see. There's a lot of offenses that are up-tempo, that are, are fun to watch, that are productive. And then there's LSU, which is none of the above. You know, it's Clay, they tried different formations. They tried a new quarterback. They, they tried different schemes, different plays, the results were the same. The fact is, sometimes a a comparison is is the best example. Look at Alabama because they are the standard bearer. Nick Saban was getting beaten by Texas A&M, by Oklahoma with their spread, by Ohio State with their offense, giving up 40 for Auburn, giving up 40 points to these teams. And what did Nick Saban do? Nick Saban went out and he hired Lane Kiffin and said, make my offense modern. And now he's playing a true freshman quarterback, running an up-tempo, hurry-up, spread offense. Nick Saban adapted, and he will continue to be relevant because of that. Les Miles wouldn't do that. And I truly think LSU gave him the chance. He just doesn't know how to fix it. And had Les fired Cam Cameron... And, and essentially done what Saban did and brought in a young, innovative player. It's not just Nick Saban. Look at Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. Yeah. Went and hired a 30-year-old named Lincoln Riley to run his offense. Look at, look at, at um, golly, I mean, you could look at, at Tom Herman at Houston with Major Applewhite and what they're doing there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just look around the country at how many 
the University of Texas, Charlie Strong's on the rope ropes. He goes and hires a, a 30-year-old coordinator from Tulsa who his whole life has only run spread concepts and says, modernize my offense, make me relevant offensively again. And they are. And Les and his buddy Cam just kept it status quo because they don't they don't know anything different, and they were too stubborn to change, and it cost them both. What do you think about uh, what John Chavis said? I, I read an article where he was, I think it was on ESPN, where he was condemning the program, saying that there are certain people who are out to get less miles, and he told them, he told less as, as much, and that he left because he didn't trust the administration, but he had no problems with less miles. Do you kind of just fan that away? It's just, uh, you know, the Chiefs just angry or What's your response to that? He's absolutely right. And that's not new. Chavis has said that a while ago, Clay. I mean, he, listen, there were people and have been people for years. I'm not talking about fans. I'm talking about administrators, athletic and university administrators, boosters, board supervisors, members that wanted a change. And listen, when John Chavis left, it was because he felt disrespected because they were trying to implement it to his contract the miles clause, which was basically, listen, if, if less is fired, we don't owe you all of your contract. We just owe you six months pay. And John Chavis stood up and said, wait a minute, I'm, I'm better than that. I deserve better than that. My record deserves better than that. And he fought it. And ultimately John Chavis left when he had an opportunity to leave for a really good job, but he's absolutely right. I, John Chavis and, and less miles weren't, it was nothing personal there. John Chavis saw the writing on the wall. There was a, a program with a, a modern offense that came calling on him, wanted him, and was going to pay him a whole bunch of money to go, so he left. It's, I, I don't blame John Chavis one bit. He's absolutely right. I'll give you these next two questions back-to-back. One, Les was owed a pretty good amount of money through 2019, almost $4.5 million a year. His, his buyout, people talk about it, could be uh, as high as, as $12 million. Uh, I, you know, the numbers are floating around. I don't know what's what. How does the buyout or the money owed to less impact the program? And what about the recruits, those that he's brought in over the last couple of years and those that have just gotten to LSU as a result of what Les did in the offseason? Clay, the buyout's irrelevant aside from just perception. LSU will go to its handful of prominent boosters, whoever it needs, and say, hey, we need, we need to, to cover this. Can you help? And they'll make a donation to the athletic department, which will be tax deductible, and LSU will cover it in that sense, and I'm sure they'll pay it out over however many years they elect that they will. But to you, to me, to the fan, to, it's, I mean, it's, it's irrelevant. It's a big number, and we all talk about it, but that doesn't change LSU's budget because that'll come from new money. Uh, recruiting is always impacted by a coaching change. You know, LSU, when Les Miles was hired, LSU was a year removed from winning the national title, and I think that signing class had only 15 guys in it. It's just, it doesn't matter what the program is or who the coach is that's going out or is coming in. It's just, if a coaching change is made in December and signing day is the second or the first Wednesday in February, so much of the groundwork is laid in recruiting for, for two plus years that in just about two months, there's no way you can overcome that. So entirely, anyway. LSU's a great program. They'll get great talent. But to, to expect every recruit that's committed to the board 
it just won't happen. Coach Orgeron is going to take over the interim title again, and there's now the discussion about whether or not he can keep this job depending on performance. Uh, what's your opinion of him, and what do you think he'd have to do to make himself the player in the hunt to replace Les Miles? Uh, I think he was the obvious choice to become the interim head coach. I think he will bring instant energy and enthusiasm. Uh, when he met with the media Monday, Clay, two things he said that I absolutely love. One of them, he's having one staff member specifically designated as a game management staffer who will be in the booth. And their whole purpose is make sure we don't bungle game management, clock management situations. Ouch. That's number one. Number Ouch. two, Number two, he also said, uh, at practice, we're going to spend less time on the practice field, more time in the film room. One of the greatest criticisms I have heard for a decade now from guys who played for less miles is he doesn't know how to let up. I think it shows in, in, in November when LSU's teams were sluggish. And Ed Ogeron is going to, to lighten up to keep guys fresher for Saturdays, which is what he needs to do. Um, it's a new voice, and it needs to be heard, and I think he'll do just fine in that, in that capacity. Um, as far as being a permanent replacement, Clay, I, I just think that's a long shot, man. I, I think the the one possible scenario would be if, let's say, in these final eight games they go seven and one, yeah, they're they're a contender. They go seven and one. Um, I think you may have a groundswell of fan support for Coach O, but I still think even in that light, the top two or three candidates that LSU identifies, I'm talking Tom Herman, Jimbo Fisher, David Shaw from Stanford, if LSU's A-list all says no and they have to move on to that second tier, I think Coach O would be in that second tier. I don't know that he'd be leading it, but he would be in that second tier. So we'll see, but, I mean, it's it's going to start with, with – a total about face for the rest of this season, which I, I think is a big ask. Who else is on the list, Matt? Uh, when you're thinking about coaches out there who either have jobs or who may be in the booth somewhere, I don't know. But who's who's on your list as a favorite? Well, I don't think there's any question, Clay. I mean, the guy is Tom Herman from Houston. He, he, he'll be the top of everybody's list. Now, LSU may have to fight Texas and or USC for him if, if those two schools make a change. Uh, but it's one of the benefits of of making the move now is that they can start to vet candidates and have a, a long time to do it. Uh, aside from Herman, I mean, Jimbo Fisher, does LSU want to dance that tango again? Uh, and then David Shaw is the other name that I've heard. Fans throw out a lot, a lot of names, Clay, but, but uh, you know, fans can say whatever they want, put it on the Internet or message boards. I'm talking about legitimately names that will be considered that I've heard from reliable people around the program. I think those are the three where you start and and you identify whoever your guy is and you essentially do what Michigan did with Jim Harbaugh. You just refuse to say no or refuse to take no for an answer. It's just that's our guy and, and go get him. Man, we'll see what the rest of the season looks like. It's, uh, you know, I, it, it doesn't surprise me. It just kind of felt like the writing was on the wall since, since Green Bay. I want to throw in a, another couple of sports uh, topics at you from yesterday the passing of Arnold Palmer at the end of the day we learned about it and then 
most of us woke up yesterday morning hearing about Jose Fernandez dying in a boating accident uh, in Miami Beach. And so your thoughts on the passing of both of these icons at two separate ends of the age and sports spectrum. It's very sad, man. You know, Jose Fernandez, that's tragic. You know, his wife is pregnant as well. I mean, to think that their child will grow up without, without his father, that's, that's pretty devastating. I mean, I think Don Mattingly's reaction when meeting with reporters, just, you know, fighting back all the emotion tells you everything you need to know about what he meant. Um, a lot of friends that, that played or play major league baseball presently. And, you know, those guys share clubhouses and spring training and it's a big fraternity and, and not, you know, Fernandez was viewed as one of those glue guys that everybody liked. It's just a horrible, tragic story. And then you know, with Arnold Palmer, I mean, he was the King. You know, I, I never had the, the good fortune to meet him, but uh, a lot of people who did, who all, who all essentially said the same about him, and it was the reason that he was so beloved. You know, what do you think about this era we're in in sports now where you see someone like a Fernandez who was such a bright star in baseball and he meant so much to the Cuban population and, and the country specifically in, in South Florida, and then someone like Arnold Palmer who's been really – in the public spotlight for well over 50 years and his iconic status. And then you look at where athletes are today. I mean, you talk about two people who people have so many positive things to say about, but in this climate of pro athletes, there isn't a long list of people that I can say positive things about Matt. If I just, if I'm just honest about it. I don't know, Clay, maybe that's a bit cynical. I, I think there's, there's plenty of, of fantastic people that, that play professional sports and and try to have positive impacts in their community. I, I think the unfortunate part is that just the nature of, of media and social media is that we just emphasize the negative and we mock people, good people like Tim Tebow, um, who, who tries to affect change in, in a very positive manner. So maybe we all just have to be better in that regard at, at shining light on, on the positive stories and, and trying to ignore as best we can the negative ones. I guess you're right. It's one of the reasons I, I don't do is a whole lot of, uh, of sports TV during the day because of because of that. It just seems like it's it's draining and it's 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 foolishness. But you know, we can hear Drew in the background there, man. How's he doing? <laughs> he says, "Dad, shut up! I'm trying to watch Big Block Sing Song." That's that's what that was. That's right. How's he doing? Oh, he's doing well, thanks. We had to check up with his surgeon in Houston uh, Monday morning. So of all of all the times to be out of Baton Rouge, I I picked the, the first time in more than a decade that LSU changes coaches, and I just happened to be out of town for it. <laughs> but Drew's doing well. Well, man, you know I I know you're going to be all over this when you're back in town. Plug uh, your contact on social media. How can people follow you? Yeah, Twitter at Matt Moscona. The Facebook page is at Matt Moscona AFR. It's named the show after further review, so at Matt Moscona AFR. I'm easy to find, man. If you get all the vowels right in the last name, you can find me somewhere on the internet. <laughs> well, listen, man, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially over the next few weeks. The Alabama game is here in Baton Rouge, I think, on November 4th. So there's still a whole lot of uh, ink to be used as this season goes on, I'm sure. Clay, we, we cut out a little bit there on the cell phone, the wonders of, of technology, but 
I, I think what you were saying there is that it was going to be interesting in Baton Rouge, and that's yes. certainly been the case for this entire calendar year. Man, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Matt, I appreciate you being on with us. Thank you, bud. You got it, dude. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 2 to 5 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. This is The Clay Young Show on Podcast225.com. Great perspective given by Matt Moscona. Great to hear Drew in the background as well, his son. Well, it's been an interesting week as we sit and give you this podcast. Uh, Our regular show for this week is going to be something very interesting. We're going to recap the debate between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And also this week, because we're going to have a couple of different shows this week, uh, one show with John Kuvion just after the presidential debate between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And then later this week, something that I planned on doing last week, but with everything going on, it was just, just kind of crazy to do that. But pro wrestling (laughs) I know you're going what in this part of the I was having a conversation with a friend of mine a couple of weekends ago about that just talking about I don't know how we got on that subject and just how that was such a big deal 30 40 years ago I mean back then I remembered how it was such a fan rabid thing going to what was known at the at the time the Centroplex to watch that. And now I remember how I got on the subject. And it was such a big deal in the South. And so the reason we got on that is because as you know hosting a podcast, I listen to different kinds of podcasts. And I heard a show with a couple of guys who host a show on the Upper East Coast, and they talk with people who write books. And, well, they had this guy on by the name of Kenny Bolin. And Kenny Bolin, whose nickname is Star Maker, was talking about his book, and the title of the book is I Probably Screwed You Too. (laughs) And this guy was hilarious. I mean, funny. And I said, oh, yeah, I got to get him on the podcast. Now, this is not one you want to play over the loudspeakers in the office because he lets them fly pretty good. But I think if you've got your earbuds in, somebody might think (laughs) you're listening to something funny because you're going to be cracking up pretty good. And so that'll be later on this week. We'll talk with Star Maker Bolin about pro wrestling, pro wrestling back in the South all those years ago and what he's up to now. And he's got some great, great stories. One involves Kroger that you really have to hear. Kroger's a grocery store chain. And this involves Kroger, meat, and multi-level marketing. I'll let you figure that one out. So we'll have Kenny Bolin on later this week. And that's after we speak with John Kuvion about the presidential debate that, as I sit with you now, will be happening tonight. 
All right. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Don't forget, as I say all the time, you can follow us on Twitter at Clay Young BR on Facebook. Search me out there. You can log on to the website podcast225.com to check out all of our shows. If you download the show on iTunes through their podcast app, leave us a rating, leave a comment, helps us out there in the search engines. And we'll catch you with John Cuvion next time here on The Clay Young Show. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.